warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hi, my name's Rob, and I'm a Key Stage 2 teacher, currently working in Year 4, and I've had the chance and the opportunity to work in Key Stage 1 and Foundation as well. And today we are planning lessons in geography with the legend of the founding of Rome. Another quite appropriate one. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Romulus and Remus. There you'll also find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, illustrated by the dramatically adept Dave Hingley, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time, read by the ever-enchanting Erica Sanderson, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. So let's continue our discussion with Rob here. What have Romulus and Remus prompted you to think of for the younger years today? With the younger children, with the four to seven-year-olds, you could look at creating a map of what Rome would look like as they were designing it. Uh I would use images of the buildings that we know that were in Rome, um, so the temples and the, the Colosseum and things like that. How how and where are you going to put them, how and where were they put, Mm. what was used to build them, where did they get the materials from. A lot of it would have had to have been local. So what does that tell us about the local area? Mm -hmm. What kind of landscape would they have seen? Um, So really build up a picture of what the site, the building site would have looked like before they started building and then how was it changed over time. And with that original map, would you include things like Looper's Cave and um, Faustulus yeah, Farm? Yeah, just to completely tie it into the story um, to continue to build that link to the story and the fact mm. that it's, it's all linked together and this is what we're looking at. Uh, yeah. Because it, it can be really helpful, can't it, for um, aiding children's understanding of a story and their attention of a story to start putting it into a, a physical object like a map. And we, we talk a lot about story maps where you basically have a, a line and you put the different images from the story along that line. But even just having an, an actual map with the locations of the story, uh, it can, well, it, it still impresses me today how easily children can say, oh, that's the bit where this happens and then go over here, that's the bit yeah. where this happens. And yeah. There are no lines or directions on the map. They're able to tell the story themselves just just looking at the features. Yeah, it's a completely fantastic way of bringing the children into the engagement of the story. I would mm. develop the map over time. I would say, okay, here's our map. We know that there's the river, the River Tiber. We know that the wolf's cave is nearby. So start with that and then build in Faustulus's cottage and then build in the kingdom and then build in the hills and things like that. So it develops as mm. the story develops as well. You say building. Are you thinking of making this as a kind of 3D map? I wasn't. But we can we can go with that. <laughs> just just building the map up as it um, as it develops, so adding more detail is what I was thinking. Mm. But you could li- then link it into kind of DT almost. We're going to create yeah. a map of Rome. What mm-hmm. do the buildings look like? What kind of shapes do we need? And thinking about the design of them, 
yeah, it's a good geography DT link there. Yeah, I'm seeing so many transferable skills here, really. And of course, what you're helping children to develop is something that's going to help them in all aspects of their life as they're walking around their own local area, as they're thinking of exploring different places when they grow up and get jobs or, or whatever, you know, just that attention to detail and that ability to tie memories to locations is going to be so useful, isn't it? It really I mean, is. Yeah. It's one of the reasons, I suppose, why we think of history in terms of place. You know, we, we are talking here about ancient Rome, that is history and geography tied together. So on, on that note, um, let's go uh, up to the ages 7 to 11, where their memory is already starting to fade a little bit because they're, <laughs> they're get, en entering their old age <laughs> from a primary point of view. Um, how would you explore geography with, with this group? Uh, it would kind of be similar in kind of where is Rome? Um, hmm. Do all the roads lead there? Things like that. <laughs> Sorry, I, had to, I couldn't go a whole, a whole week without mentioning that. But... Where is Rome? So what country is it in? Which continent is it in? Because knowing countries and continents is part of the geography curriculum. And then focusing in on Italy, where Rome is, and what is the, the natural, the physical geography of the area? What does that look like? Why was mm. it chosen to build the town there or the city? What, what good features did it have nearby that would be used as kind of almost stepping away from the the story a bit and looking at it from a more practical point of view what hmm. what was there nearby that they could use to make sure it was a good site to live yeah well i suppose if you wanted to keep it in the story you could ask you know why the vultures decided um to point out this hill uh, yeah, um, yeah but i suppose if you wanted to take it outside the story then you could ask well, actually, were the vultures taking them to the right place? So was the Palatine Hill the right one to start with? Would it have been better, actually, if uh, it had been Remus who had won that competition? Yeah, I think, um, to, and kind of to help explore this, I would use maps again. I think I, I really like maps. Mm. I know uh, one of our podcasters does as well, but I think that maps can give us a great, a great picture of where we are, like we said, with the younger children, but mm -hmm. the amount of detail that you could include on a, a map for older children would be incredible. And I know that you could use your, a key for the map. So, oh, what does this symbol show? It shows that there's a temple there. This shows where the river is. This shows that it's steep or it's a not steep hill and things like that. So really mm -hmm. the, the features of a map, which are then transferable, like we said, to looking at maps in the real world and understanding what you can see on the maps is there any other way you would expand on the geography aspects with ages 7 to 11 part of geography is a comparison between two different areas uh -huh. um so kind of look at how rome was built but then look at modern rome and compare mm. it to your location so what's the same what's different how is it different what's the temperature is the climate different is the weather different and what does that mean for the things that are there and for the people that are there? Say, for instance, there's a lot less pitched roofs in Rome because they don't have to get rid of as much rain as we do. Mm. So you're thinking about things like that and comparing the different kinds of food that they eat, which is influenced by the weather and yeah. what kind of things do they grow in the fields and yeah, a whole load of comparisons, which would be really useful to make. Yeah, there's, there's almost like um, a, a spirit of evolution going on there, isn't there? The, when yeah. you're talking about the way the, the houses are designed, it's it's amazing to think, you know, just the the effect that where you are in the world can have on the way you live your life. 
again, if you looked at houses in other parts of the world, say igloos, for example, hmm. they're completely different, again, because of your location. And uh, if you look at houses in the Sahara, how they're different and things like that. But that was it. But then I thought, hang on, that's not really Romulus and Remus. Maybe not, but it does show how you can, you know, expand from one story and go in all sorts of directions. Sometimes directions that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please do also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Romulus and Remus will help us teach design and technology. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, cheerio and we, we hope, hope to hear, hear your, your story, story soon. soon.